Hi friends, this is Tucker Max with Digging for Bones. On episode four, I interviewed House Bucci. We covered a couple different topics in this episode. We talked about their experience with OnlyFans, why they're doing it. We dove into a little bit with revenge porn and that topic within the queer community right now. Um, and we talked a lot about polyamory and even took a question from the audience by the end of it. I really enjoyed recording this episode. It was a lot of fun, and I hope you get out of it as much as I did. If you have any feedback for the show, please send me a DM. All right, friends, welcome to Digging for Bones, episode four. I have House of Bucci, also known as Eric, on the the, the podcast with us today. Um <laughs> I, first of all, thank you. Thank you for joining. Um, I've been following Absolutely. your Twitter. Thank you for having me. Yeah, yeah. I'm super excited to have you. I've been uh, just fascinated by your work for, for the last couple of weeks, and your photography and portraits are amazing. Um, well, thanks. And... <laughs> That's a huge compliment. <laughs> yeah, you're welcome. Um, and then the thing that drew me most in is that I just your relationship structure, and we'll, we'll dive into that a little bit, too. Um, but to start yeah, things sure. out, do you want to, you know, tell tell everyone about you and who you are? Sure. Um, yeah, my name is Eric. My my Twitter name is House of Bucci. Um, sort of a uh, play on the House of Gucci movie, but in a gay way because you know we all love our Gaga, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I am. Uh, I'm 26. Oh God, I'm not 26 anymore. I'm 27 years old. Jesus, you're still 26. Um, <laughs> yeah, we're we're just gonna we're just gonna pretend here. <laughs> we're gonna save that youth. Um, but yeah, I'm 27 years old. I live in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Um, I have a day job in real estate, and I do uh, OnlyFans content creation on the side. Um, it's my little side hustle I've got going now. Um, and um, yeah, I'm in a wonderful uh, polyamorous uh, triad relationship. And it's been amazing. Love hearing that. Um, well, thank, thank you for, for sharing that. I guess, you know, to, to dive in, let's, let's start with the things everybody wants to hear about most. Um, what got you into mm-hmm. OnlyFans? Um, <laughs> there's... Uh, there's a few things for it. obviously um, OnlyFans being something. Uh, uh, how do I how do I put this uh, delicately? I needed I needed some extra income, <laughs> um, which is definitely something that drives uh, a lot of people to OnlyFans. But um, also, I've it's it's been a combination of just that, but also I've kind of wanted to do it for a while just as a. Um, a method of just self-expression. I always like sharing myself online and just sort of, you know, feeling open and free to, you know, be who I am and show all of myself, whether it's, you know, um, sexual desires or uh, just all parts of myself. But sometimes um, with Twitter, um, you know, this is, 
this is an account where there are people that I know in real life follow. And though I don't think many of them would really mind, it's something that I want to keep a little bit separate, at least I want to have a little bit of a wall there. Um, and OnlyFans is really helpful with that as well, because I can post little like previews or, you know, uh, images that are sort of like covered up and have the real thing on there for, so that if people actually like really want to see something like that, they can just go see it. I mean, it's only, it's a six dollar subscription. It's nothing crazy. So <laughs> that's what I have mindset too as well. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's pretty good. It's not $5. You get it's It's a little bit more, but you know, you're not reaching like 10 or $15 subscriptions. Like some of these guys that, you know, I mean, like some of these guys that do this, you know, full time, they travel the country, they do all these collabs and stuff like that. I'm, I'm not near that. So yeah, I feel that it's something similar to, to me as well. I charge just a, just a like dollar more than the base pay just because, you know, you don't want to be at the very bottom. It's quality. Yeah. <laughs> respect your, it is quality. Respect yourself. We're worth yeah. it. <laughs> exactly. No, I, I love that. Um, and you know, and I, thanks for sharing about the the keeping things separate i totally respect that especially because like you know there's been a lot of talk lately about like revenge porn laws and how they actually don't yes. protect us um yeah <laughs> and it's pretty sad <laughs> because you know for for great reasons protecting you know when those laws were written uh, most of the cases that were being looked at and reviewed were for women who had like abusive exes that were sharing intimate photos of them and so a lot mm -hmm. of the laws were written around that um and and that scenario yeah. and of course that can happen to a to a guy as well but it's just like that's really just one scenario they wrote the law around but it's perfectly mm -hmm. okay for someone to go and you know, an ex or someone take content that you shared in spaces on the internet, or even take pictures of you naked at like a nude beach, um, and go, oh, and yeah. go show those to your boss and take revenge on you yep. with intimate photos without your consent. And so, oh yeah, that's really sad. Um, and so it is. <laughs> I and it's wild. It's wild to me too because like while technically that is a quote unquote like public space or whatever, um. That doesn't mean that it's a public space in the sense that everybody is either entitled to or required to see it. Like, yeah, you're allowed to be doing what you're doing there. Yeah, you you are fully allowed to be doing that, and uh, to have that sort of turned against you in a way, and yeah, it's 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 weird. In a revenge, it's fucked way. up. Well, and I wanted to, yeah. you know, I'm glad we're talking about this too. And the, the most, the, the reason this is extra sad, especially for those in the queer community is that those spaces are where we in, engage with each other. We, we don't have a hundred yeah. bars, like a heteronormative bars on the corner. We have mm -hmm. a couple gay bars and I know there's a lot across the country, but when you start getting into like cities and smaller cities and rural areas, they have nothing and their yeah. their only place to engage with each other is online and that can be completely turned against them so pups and mm -hmm. those of you who are listening um start conversations around this there needs to be petitions starting up and our laws need to be amended um and i actually don't think it's going to be that hard i think that this is just a case when the law was originally written this is just wasn't thought of also things are changing <laughs> um yep. Oh, yes, we have such a uh, there's such a growing interest in people producing their own online content um, and the power structure from the studio porn over to the individual 
adult star has changed. And I think it's wonderful. Um, Absolutely. I still believe that there's a place for studio porn and fantasy, but it is nice to have the option. Um, and then I kind of want to dive into the second part you mentioned is you, you also just enjoy expressing yourself in that way, kind of an exhibitionist kind of way, like I'm hearing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, um, do you find yourself, is it kind of like you're making a statement, like this is who I am or, you know, I should be allowed to do this? Does it feel good or or is it just hot? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, a little bit of both, you know, like sometimes it is a turn on, you know, just um, being able to share that stuff freely with whoever you know does want to see it but also it is a little bit of that you know um growing up in as so many of us did growing up in a conservative community (laughs) um and being a part of um you know groups of people that are so against you know not only homosexuality but also um just men in general um and fun (laughs) <laughs> yeah yeah and fun of just course anti-fun just, people <laughs> god all around just men in general like being able to express themselves in the ways that they want to you know whether it is um emotionally or you know physically or sexually whatever it is it's um it is almost sort of like a uh, you know hey take that kind of thing like i can do that and this is my life and i have full you know absolute direct agency over myself and what I would like to do with myself and who I would like to um, see that in myself. And it's, it's kind of nice to have a space where that's, you know, all possible and not only that, but it's um, celebrated and encouraged. Yeah, absolutely. I have been fascinated, you know, you, when we think in our head of like the porn star, and I know this isn't always true, but I think a lot of us think of like that Guido douchebag or Regina George kind of personality. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I'm finding that a lot of content creators I've interacted with online are some of the sweetest, most wholesome, nicest, genuine people I have actually talked to in a long time. They're willing to help you out and give you advice. They're not trying to be better than you. It's like you can create. Absolutely. It's just, it's so genuinely nice to and refreshing to see people you know it's like yeah they're you know it's not just about collabs either i mean some people are all mm-hmm. about collabs but um just the engagement with each other has been really wonderful have you oh, been yeah. finding I that it, i sure have and i think it's i, I think it kind of stems from that openness too because like you are already like sharing that much of yourself online like you have to you've got to let your walls down to do that already. So as long as you have them down, you might as well just be open with people and, and, you know, wanting to help them. And I think we've all come to a point at this, you know, juncture of time where we realize the internet is vast and it's broad and there's something for everybody. So there's room for all of us to be able to do this and thrive with it. If we really, you know, want to put that little bit of effort into it that it requires. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, thank you for sharing that. It's just, it's really refreshing. Um, so I have a question for you since it is a Mm -hmm. pup, you're interviewed by, uh, Tucker Max, my my pup (laughs) self right now. Um, I am curious because I, I'm learning and 
part of this podcast is me learning how to be a pup from the world. And I wanted to share that experience with everyone. Okay. And it's been really awesome because I've been talking to pups from all over the world. I've already picked up on a lot of cultural differences between regions. Um, Mm -hmm. But you're not a pup. And I'm kind of curious as a queer OnlyFans content creator, what's your (laughs) perspective on the whole thing from the outside looking in? So <laughs> I guess I kind of have a little bit of a unique uh, perspective on the cup co- on the pup community. Um, I while I'm not a pup myself, I have had experience with the pup community. Um, Pittsburgh actually has Oof. a pretty vibrant pup scene. Um, and um, so a little bit of backstory. I up until um, this current relationship that i'm in um i was single for about four years um and i before that was really a serial monogamist um i went from long-term relationship like a few years at a time we're talking like long-term relationship to long-term relationship you know a few in total that took up very significant chunks of my life and in those times i they weren't the best Um, i wasn't super happy i also had kind of lost myself in them a little bit um and so a a few years ago i had decided to you know once my last relationship had ended um i really just wanted to take a step back and um part of me just wanted to you know get in touch with myself a little bit more understand things that i wanted but also i just wanted to have a little bit of fun um, I wanted to get out there and meet all different kinds of people and have all different kinds of experiences and really take this opportunity to think, you know, if, if I do, you know, quote unquote, find love again or whatever that may be in the future, um, I want to at least be able to say that I have tried these things. This is what I like. This is what I don't like. And, you know, if you're able to get down with that, then cool. <laughs> so, um, from there i you know i just started going out with friends going out to gay bars and clubs and um, meeting people and while covid did kind of hamper that a little bit because that definitely uh happened partway through that journey i did still wind up meeting some wonderful people and making some great friends and um a friend of mine that i'd known for a few years had actually reached out to me um just kind of out of the blue um so i because i work in real estate in the in the daytime as a day job, um, he had wanted me to show him a few things and, um, we had just kind of reconnected and became friends over the whole process. And he, um, I, I found out over that, that he was actually a pup. He was a newer pup. Um, he had been, you know, um, kind of getting into the pup scene over the past year or so. And he was really into it and he had made all these wonderful friends from it. And it was just such like a, uh, loving and inclusive community. And, um, so after, after a while of us talking, um, and us, you know, spending some time together, I actually got to experience a lot of things and explore, um, explore some kink and, you know, just get to know, more about myself through these experiences with um, him and, and these pups. And it was, it was a really eye opening experience. And, you know, I sort of give credit to the pup community and these friends because they really are the most open and, you know, 
willing to just explore and try new things and just have fun with it. And, you know, if you don't like it, you don't like it. And that's, that's fine too. There's nothing wrong with that. But, you know, if you do like, great, you know, let's do that again, et cetera. And uh, that was, I hadn't experienced that before with other gay men. Um, It was always either something that was very, vanilla for one reason or another or like oh like you might be into that like that's kind of weird um or you know oh like you want to try this thing i don't know if i'm comfortable trying it which you know it's fine if you're not comfortable trying it but um not even being willing to express that kind of desire or acknowledge that that's a thing that you know people are into whatever it might be um it was a big thing to just have that all in front of you and kind of get your feet wet with it if that makes sense i know that was a lot of rambling (laughs) you're great i just found a barking button (laughs) oh my god that's Um, amazing it's perfect no thank you for sharing that that that's that's incredible i align with a lot of what you just said as a pup um coming out of my divorce i between the online twitter community expressing myself in a naked sexual way um, has been wonderful, but also you're right. The pup community, what really stuck out to me is when you said I hadn't experienced that with gay men like that before. And I've actually used that statement myself a couple times in the last month, um, with mm-hmm. some of the places and experiences as I've been, you know, a lot of my experience with gay men before my marriage was just, you know, maybe a couple friends that we worked together or school or something like mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Or, it was someone I was hooking up with off an app. And then back in that day, the way that, and still to this day, in some cases, if you did see each other in public after that, you really pretended like you didn't know each other. And so yes, it's which been is so weird to me. Just it's so bizarre. I, I do not understand that at all. I will fully walk up to somebody and be like, Hey, how's it going? And they're like, um, hmm, hi. I'm like, like, what are you embarrassed? <laughs> We, we had sex. We can still talk. We don't like, have to have sex yeah. again if we talk. Yeah. That did not happen. We're not divorced here. We don't hate each other. At least I don't think we do. Expectation <laughs> that if they start talking to you, that they somehow are going to need to like start something. And that, oof, this yeah. is a good segue, because that just goes into the conditioning of the relationship escalator. And probably why that happens in the queer community is because... Yes we have been conditioned that like, okay, you go on a date, you hold hands, you kiss, you fuck. And then after you do that, then there's like all these other steps that happen after that. And so I feel like if people hook up with each other, if they, they don't want to go to those next steps. And I think there's a fear that if they even talk to you or see you in public, that somehow is going to send the signal that you're jumping on the escalator with this person. Yeah. Which is not true. That is not true at all. And I have no. noticed just in my own anecdotal experience, it's getting better. <laughs> it definitely it, is. It is getting better, but that also might just be coming with age. Um, well, and that, and so- I think it's also the people you surround yourself with, too. I think that's that's been a big difference for me. You know, understanding, you know, if you have a certain level of maturity that you that you understand that that's actually how this works it doesn't have to be weird um even just like having conversations about that prior like you know like what are you looking for out of this and stuff like that um scene negotiation it's my favorite thing (laughs) i love catching people (laughs) off guard by it too i'm like 
yes, if we're going to bang, we, we need to communicate. And mm-hmm. yes, non wild are... A wild concept. Right? <laughs> ah, and yeah, that's another thing, too, in our community. It's just like, yes, I... I will tell you too, and I agree. Sometimes nonverbal communication is hot, but boy, can that get get you hurt or hurt someone else unintentionally? Oh um, yeah, words are think, sexy. Words and voice, undervalued. <laughs> use just words, and I know sometimes it can break the mood just a little bit, especially when you've been conditioned to you know cruise or you you know meet people on apps oh, yeah. and just jump to it. But you know, I I promise all of you out there, pups included. Um, your communication around consent and scene negotiation is valued and it's very, very important. Mm-hmm. Um, that it just being makes said, the whole experience better for everybody. Yeah. And I know, I know, I know every now and then a nonverbal situation can happen and it is wonderful, but oh, just, yeah. there's an asterisk there <laughs> that, that, <laughs> that, that comes with a lot of risk. Um, it does. That's more of an exception than the rule to me. Yeah. I agree completely. Um, so I'm curious, you mentioned <laughs> you explored some kinks when you started talking to your pup friends. Did you mm-hmm. explore any puppy kinks? Did you get to be like a handler, stay in human form or even be a pup at any point? Um, I never explored being a pup. I did um, a few times get to experience like being a handler, which was fun. Yeah, I'm trying to think, because that was, uh, I want to say that was about two years ago at this point that I really, like, dived into that. Um, yeah, there was, there was, there was exploring of being a handler. Um, there was, I think more than that, it was just, I, as a human, was just kind of letting down you know, my walls and my insecurities and my fears with these pups around me. I love that. Yeah. And Which, who doesn't love a it puppy? Was, it was very liberating, <laughs> I must say. What'd you say? I said, who doesn't love a puppy? <laughs> I know. <laughs> and it there kind is. of does, like, it, it kind of does break that tension a little bit. Like, you have, like, I mean, obviously, like, it's a human man in front of you, but, like... <laughs> You're just, like, playing and having fun kind of with it. And it, it does, like, add an air of just, like, not, like, whimsy, but, like, playfulness to it in a way. Like, I'm, you know, I am peeing in your mouth right now, but this is adorable at the same time. And it's fun. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, call it, I call it cute BDSM. Um, yes. <laughs> I, 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 I have a cute praise kink. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and what traumas I'm working on through that, we can dive into that in another episode. But yeah, it is a, it is an interesting one. I so I just finished reading the bottoming, the new bottoming book. It's by the same authors as the Ethical Slut, and she mentions the pup play okay. in there a little bit too. Okay. Um, but it it it's just been fascinating, even for me. Thank you for sharing that too. I love I love the people who do come in and they're curious about their human forms, and they're still you know. Mm-hmm you can still be in it and explore this kink. Um, And the kink is a broader spectrum. It's actually not just pups, even though pups make up, especially the majority of the gay community, this, the, the pet kink, pet Mm -hmm. play has been around forever. 
And yeah. when people are like, I don't understand putt play. I'm like, really? You don't understand why women ran around with bunny ears and a bunny tail and yeah. were photographed. <laughs> and there was a whole major porn company based on this. Yep. You don't get it at all. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, you've, you've never seen a, a woman dress up in sexy cat outfit during Halloween. Never, never at all. Never. Like you don't, you're not understanding this one bit. <laughs> we just, a lot of us happen to identify with a dog. And I yeah. think, well, I think if, there's that, but also there's the fact that like, oh, you're a man and you're doing that. Like. Bingo. <laughs> oh. Does toxic masculinity and misogyny still find its way into gay culture? Yes. Oh my <laughs> God, yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Um, no, it's it's great. I I I love that. Um, if you were to pick an animal, you know, you're not saying that this is like mm-hmm. you're you're diving into pet play yeah. or even furry, which sometimes goes mm-hmm. into the fantasy realm. Fantasy, mm-hmm. real or not, what animal do you think you embody in your spirit? <laughs> Um, it might be like a little bit off the wall I think I have this answer already I'm just trying to think of a a way to uh, elaborate on this but uh, I would be a capybara (laughs) I'm trying to form words (laughs) so here's why okay so so um capybaras get along with like every animal like they will just hang out with like anything like there are photos of capybaras just like with like a turtle like sitting on top of it and it's just chill it's just sitting there and i feel like that's me in a lot of ways because i sit on people i like well i like to sit on people i like to have people (laughs) sit on me especially but like put me in a room with anybody who's like you know not trying to kill me or like have my you know rights stripped away or whatever and like i will get along with them and i will just vibe we're gonna have a good time maybe you know we sit under a waterfall or something like that like i've also seen capybaras doing and it's the cutest thing i've ever seen in my life um but we're just gonna chill we're just gonna hang out and it's gonna be fine it's gonna be low impact we're gonna have fun and uh you know, What's whatever happens, sign? whatever, I'm a cancer, which also, yep. yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm a big cancer. I'm a very stereotypical cancer. <laughs> so I am emotional. Like... I love a lot and I just want to have a good time and be a bad bitch. Love it. Love it. Love it. So <laughs> I'm a puppy and <laughs> I'm not chill. And I'm a Gemini. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh my god. So was so was the pup that introduced me to pup play. <laughs> I've actually met a lot more Gemini's in the pup community, and you know, all of that could be bullshit. And I've always taken it with a grain of salt, regardless <laughs> if it's true or not. When I read all the things about Gemini, it lands. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it lands in a really creepy way. So, and I, I'm also one of those gays with like a lot of magic rocks sitting around my house that will get bathed in a moon tonight. So, oh, um, same actually, I've got a couple <laughs> on my windowsill right now. <laughs> That's awesome. No, I, and I love it. The cuteness of it. Um, mm-hmm. well, I'm going to flip the table a little bit. Did, yeah. Do you have any questions for me? Um, well, I don't know if you've like talked about this at all previously in any of your other like recordings or anything like that, Go but how it. did yeah. you, 
how'd you find your way into the pup community and, you know, all of this stuff? I know you mentioned um, your divorce and stuff like that, but like, what, like, what, what was your, what was your mind going through at the time? Like, how were you introduced to this? Yeah, I think, so there was one guy on Facebook who kept posting pup stuff on Facebook a few Mm -hmm. years ago. Um, And I was really weirded out by it, to be honest, but also Facebook's (laughs) like this place. So this like, like so this like wasn't something that you like had always like secretly kind of been into, but like weren't really sure about it. Like it was generally like, oh, that's weird at first. Kinda. There's so I'll get into this. There's a part of it that may have been there, and I just didn't okay. know it. Okay. Um. And so I, and I think Facebook's just such a strange place to see anything sexual. Like you're just not. Yes. It's like it's like going into the grocery store and seeing people banging. You're not going to expect it in that space. Yeah. And so it, I was like, this is odd. Um, however, I, I bumped into this pub, um, which I'm a huge fan of, and I feel like I'm a little bit too big of a fan of, so I, I want to be careful here because I'm, I'm not that guy. Um, <laughs> but there, there's this pub like goes down in Dallas and he was like the first pub that I ever bumped into on the internet. And I was I think fascinated. I yeah. 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 I was fascinated. He had this adorable TikTok video and it was like a Paw Patrol voiceover and it was and I found myself really turned on by it um and at the time (laughs) I talked to my husband and my husband's like well you can explore that but like he was never really against it and then fast forward my husband and I were my husband was dating this guy and I was they had a romantic physical connection and him and I had a platonic physical connection um and him and I had a real kindred spirit and he had just gotten into putt play and bought me my first hood and just a really nice genuine human being um and then my divorce happened. They decided they wanted to be monogamous with each other. And I, it was really a turning point for me. I'm like, this could be tainted for me. Um, yeah. Oh, for sure. But you know what? I was like, I'm going to dive into it. And so there's actually a pansexual sex club here called Sanctuary. And a couple of weeks after my divorce, I, they were having this night called Thursday. Um, and I decided to put it on and go to Thursday. <laughs> And I was scared shitless and fly on the wall most of the night. Um, a couple of weeks later, I decided to make my Instagram. Um, and I have had a lot of fun with it. And it's just taken off. I had the, I've always wanted to do a podcast on polyamory. Um, just really silly, came up with the idea. Who knows? Maybe I was just like a little delusional <laughs> in the beginning and trying to cope with my divorce. Um <laughs> But I mean, but, hey, that's you know, a great way to cope with it because right? <laughs> it, it requires talking about it and really being open about shit like that. That's, I mean, that's big. That's huge. Well, the most magical part of all of it, and this is something I'm a huge advocate for with my work as a pup, is I happen to have access to a queer therapist who was familiar with pup play and kinks who didn't judge me and actually kind of had me lean into, you know, creating an alter ego. Oh, that's and it wonderful. Was really- my Tucker and Max used to be different. I know I've talked about that in the show before, so I won't go too far into that, but like really it just didn't take long at all before my alter egos merged right back into me and my authentic self. And Mm -hmm. I just feel good because of it. Um, I love the playfulness. I've had slightly spicy time. Um, I hooked up with a guy, uh, uh, 
a bathhouse opening night that happened to be in the pup community. We weren't in gear, and there just happened to be some pup noises that came out for the first time. And that's about <laughs> as sexual as it's gotten for me. Yeah, Boy, do I want to experience some sexual things in pup play. Um, but that's not the driving force of it by any means. Uh, yeah. It's, but I'm not gonna, for anybody out there, I'm not going to turn it down if it happens. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot of just self-exploration in general, really. Yeah, no, it's it's been wonderful. Thanks for asking. Um, of course. And actually, there was something I wanted to circle back to that you mentioned. Um, like the first time you went, like you were really nervous and you were kind of like a fly on the wall. And um, that's kind of how I was the first time a little bit, too. And I... Also, I think that's something that people think that, like, there's something wrong with you if that's how you feel the first time. Like, oh, that's not for me. That's not necessarily the case. Like, you're you're figuring out if it's right for you or not. But it, there's nothing wrong with being a fly on the wall and just sort of experiencing things from, you know, a little bit, like, slightly removed perspective. Especially if it's the first time you're dealing with anything like that. Um Yeah. Yeah, no, thank you. Um, Stetson, I see your request to talk. I will have a moment towards oh, the end Stetson. of the podcast where I'm going to open it up for questions. So I, I love the enthusiasm. Thank you. I've never actually had a, someone come on live and ask questions before. So that's coming. <laughs> um, so yeah, no, the, the first the first day was was scary. I you know first of all I was hot that was the thing I couldn't get over is I just felt sweaty and I've always been really self-conscious of my sweat yeah go figure flash forward three months a lot of people are I'm like yo I'm gonna lick your sweat off of someone so I'm no longer (laughs) self-conscious about it um that's why I'm like you know what please don't stop sweating it's very okay with me (laughs) Mm -hmm. uh PSA to everybody out there musk still takes effort and still requires hygiene it does not mean no hygiene for seven days so for those of you who are not wearing deodorant and aren't understanding (laughs) that your natural smell does not mean bacteria feeding off Mm -hmm. of your sweat for seven days in your arm Mm -hmm. it means your sweat smells intoxicating and it's wonderful yes um so and also (laughs) there are still venues where it is entirely appropriate to wear deodorant (laughs) <laughs> I, I i i still have one in my car because there's definitely those days where i'm like oops yeah <laughs> Maybe a little right but um let me take a pit picture real quick and tease all the boys and then put on some deodorant. Um, <laughs> I, I found the most wonderful deodorant it is so armin hauer makes this like lavender rosemary and it 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 honestly like just the Ooh. top of that it mixes with your existing musk really well Okay. That or Lush has this spray called Salty that I really like. And honestly, just like one spurt of that, you're good for the whole day. And yeah, it's, like it's quite wonderful. Nice. Um, and which brings me to other things. So like, how has kink like changed how you see and your attraction to other people for you? Um, and has it changed it at all? kink and the experiences i have had with it it's well i mean really forcing yourself to explore with kink and all that that entails i think just in generally forces you to open your mind um and that also you know forces you to open your mind about attraction to other people as well and you know um even now a few years 
into, you know, having done that, um, hearing people say, you know, I, oh, I could, you know, especially, and I feel like it's a prevalent thing still in the gay community, like, oh, I could never touch a vagina or, oh, I've, I'm a, you know, gold, platinum, star, gay, et cetera, et cetera. I find that so weird at this point because it's like, right. you are closing yourself off to so many people and so many experiences that you could have that could be, you know, wonderful or life-changing or, you know, you could fall in love with somebody that is totally not what you think is even in the realm of possibility because, you know, you are (laughs) proud of closing yourself off from that. It's just, it's weird to me (laughs) now Um, now that I've, I've been like, because you do kind of have to reset your mind a little bit and be like, wait, this is normal. This is okay. There is nothing wrong with, you know, if it, if it branching right. out, yeah. <laughs> um, I will, so yeah, it's, I, it's, it's really opened my mind and it's, it's really, you know, just forced me to realize like, we're all just here to have fun. And, you know, not everybody is always going to be wanting to, you know, uh, have fun with everybody all the time. Uh, we all have our limits. We all have our different attractions or whatever, but uh, you can't close yourself off from shit just because you feel like you should for whatever stupid reason like that. Oh, I love that. That last part. That That's what I wanted to just throw an asterisk in there. Um, <laughs> because if you know what you're not into, you know, I don't think any either of us are saying like, mm-hmm. you know, you need to go have sex with a girl because you're gay just because yeah. you never have. That's not at all what, what's happening. Yeah. But what I think, I think the point that's trying to be made here is if if you do feel the urge or need to, you didn't just pick a team and say, like, sign a contract that you yeah. have to, like, stay on that team. There's nothing wrong if you never do. There's nothing wrong with a platinum gay, but it's, exactly. it's more like, and what the reason, and I'll flip it around, you know, I've heard a lot of gay men and bisexual men, myself included, talk to heterosexual men and have the same conversation. Mm-hmm. And they're saying things like, really, you, you haven't really like ever felt something or you haven't explored outside of your comfort box a little bit um, yeah. or anything like that. But then when you flip the table on them, they're like, have you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> with, a, with a girl? <laughs> Seriously. Um, and it's, it, it's suddenly it's suddenly a different conversation. And oh, yeah. And not, I, not only to mention that that whole thing just excludes the trans community in general, which there are so many wonderful, super attractive and just absolutely amazing trans men that that entirely negates, which is just wild. And I'm not even going to fully get into that because that's, I mean, that's obvious, but you know, we can get into that. That's an important conversation. I think the trans visibility is important and I think I'm seeing it it change. It's changing for myself. And, uh, you know, even two years ago, I never would have thought that was going to happen. But you're right. I've started like opening myself up to, um, you know, different ideas and really what I'm attracted to. I, I have learned that like, I'm not attracted to a lot of female presenting uh, gender identities Mm-hmm. Um, however, genitals can be mixed and matched and all down there in all sorts of different ways. Um, oh, yeah, yeah <laughs> absolutely. And so it's uh, it's pretty pretty interesting to see. Uh, you're right. As you get into the community, opening yourself up, you know something else that's changing for me. And again, this might be age, but OnlyFans. And I I wonder. Mm-hmm. I'm not a. I have no research on this to cite. But when we were growing up, our only porn was like studio porn. 
Yes. It's not like, and you know, the people that they cast for that, some old guy, or if there is a young director, whatever it may be, you're getting the studios, what they're holding up as a brand of what they consider to be attractive. And that's where the majority of what you're jacking off to is coming from. Oh yeah, and I, I feel like that starts to have an effect on us after a while. And I oh, absolutely, noticed... it's the same way with like representation in the media. Like you only see straight white people, you're going to think that only straight white people are normal, and that you are not. It's it's exactly the same with porn, and you know, with gay men seeing just you know fit white men, or you know, having sites dedicated to certain niches, um, whether it's you know like daddies or even just like people of color or something like that it kind of it fetishizes it in a way and it makes those people kind of othered and only fans i i agree with you only fans has kind of broken that stereotype like everybody's fucking on only fans it it, it doesn't matter who you are <laughs> <laughs> i'm waiting for the day that like you know the like th- there's going to be a law or something written someday because like when our generation starts running for like political power it's like yeah yeah, there's there's gonna be shit's gonna hit the fan and a lot of these people are gonna have documentation of their entire lives online since they were teenagers yeah i'm kind of excited (laughs) to see like how normal everyone's weird gets in the next 20 years um i mean that's already starting to show up like people who are even you know like gen x or whatever that have been online since the internet has been really a thing like all sorts of shit comes out with them all the time and you're like all right so this is this is how it is <laughs> yep it's just an acceptance and i i, I want to touch on this too i'm finding myself attracted to different kinds of bodies too yes um so as i've like opened myself up and i love everyone's homemade porn because i love seeing all these bodies and i have actually gotten into better shape better physically active I feel like I look the best I've ever looked in my entire life. And the crazy thing is, is that's happened as I've become more attracted to everybody and not just mm-hmm. thinking I don't look like a porn star anymore. And so I, it was like, it's just fascinating, at least for me, I can only speak from my own experience. How mm-hmm. like, it's like that thing, like when you convince yourself you don't need something yeah. that you actually want, the magic yeah. of that trick, mm-hmm. it actually kind of worked out that way. It um, does. And so, yeah. Well, I did want to touch on one more thing and then open it up for questions. Um, you know, and in the pup community, there's a lot of packs and we have pack dynamics. And, you know, most of the polyamorous relationship self-help books and things that I've read, um, I've read Ethical Slut, I've read Polysecure, but, and they're great books. This isn't a jab, but I find myself code switching or trying to figure out how this applies to me as a queer male First of all, there's not a lot of male perspective except for more than two. And we all know why that's not a great book. Mm -hmm. Um, And if you don't, just Google it. Um, But for the most part, it's just it's usually by a bisexual or heteronormative female's perspective. um, And it doesn't always land the same. Um, Yeah. And I actually reached out to the author of Ethical Slut on this and asked her, like, you know, I I shared that with her and she was fascinated by that. She's like, that's interesting because when I wrote the book, I was inspired by gay men and I had always thought of myself as a gay man in a woman's body. And so I I do find it interesting that it's just not landing the same, but technology's changed. Um, Mm -hmm. And so when it comes back to pack dynamics, there's things that feel good about packs and there's things that feel like uh i don't know because like autonomy is so important in polyamory and like 
So I'm gonna. You used to be a handler. You're in a triad right now. Um, mm-hmm. How would you describe your pack dynamics? <laughs> um, our pack dynamic. It's well. It's first of all just, and it goes without saying, but communication is so 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 key. Um, it's very egalitarian between the three of us. Um, everybody is always, we always make sure that everybody has a say in any decisions that we make. Um, everything is kind of discussed between us, but at the end of the day, we have our lives. Um, it's, it's, it's a little bit different in a way for us because I sort of entered a relationship with a pair that was already together for a very long time, like almost 12 years. Um, so it took some readjusting for all of us really. Yeah. Um, but again, a lot of communication, a lot of, you know, expressing what we wanted out of this. Um, but it's, I mean, it's just been, so great because we've been able to freely express um our desires with this and um you know over the course of several months now really get into um just what we're comfortable with what we're not comfortable with it's it's almost like a like a democracy i guess would be our (laughs) our uh, our dynamic there (laughs) But it, it works really well for us. And, you know, um, it, a nice thing about democracy is that things are always subject to change. And if, if there's something we want to change about the dynamic of our relationship, um, you know, we can all discuss it and agree on it. And if one of us isn't comfortable with it, we're fine with things, you know, staying the way they are. Um, like for right now, because our relationship is in early stages, um, we are a monogamous triad between the three of us. And I'm very much, you know, somebody who's open to open relationships um again being a very polyamorous person um and the two of them in the past have had a a semi-open relationship between the two of them um but right now we want to you know make sure that we have a very solid foundation of trust and you know love and respect and all that stuff built up amongst us we want to have that sort of time that's just between all of us to you know really make us feel good and secure and especially because I've been single for so long entering a relationship again with even just one person is it's, it's a daunting thing. (laughs) Um, And, you know, trying to balance, trying to balance that and, and sort of rectify between, you know, I am this, you know, very free and loving person who, you know, has explored all of these things and, 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 you know, I know what I like and I know what I don't like at this point. And, you know, uh, then sort of entering a relationship and understanding, you know, like, oh, we should have some ground rules. We should understand each other a little bit more before we sort of go off and start doing our own thing again. <laughs> ground agreements is, yes. I would recommend. Words matter. Um, I like that. No, I, I like that a lot. That's much better. Have you heard the term, like, rules, agreements, and boundaries, like, and the differences between those three? Um, no, actually, but I, I, I feel like I get where this is going and I really like it. So elaborate, please. Yeah. So rules can, can, 
there is a time and a place for a rule. It's when you place a rule on some on a re, on a relationship for everybody. Um, mm-hmm. But the reality is, rules usually create resentment. And one of the keys to yes. good poly open relationship structures is just it's like resentment prevention all the time. Um, and so, trying to avoid a rule and coming up with agreements um, is is usually a better way of of that way you, you're agreeing on something so there's less of a chance of resentment and then mm-hmm. you know boundaries is such a buzzword right now and boy are they important but boy do i hear that word misused a lot um, oh a boundary yeah. is what you won't do a boundary yeah. is not you telling someone else what they can't do if you if your partner continues to drink and you don't want to be with someone who continues to drink all the time you can tell your partner that you will not be with someone who continues to drink. You don't tell them it's my boundary. You're not allowed to drink anymore. So yeah. I know it's it's the semantics thing, but it matters. No, it, you, it it absolutely matters. It's very important. You have no control over what another human being does with their body, even if yep. you're married. A ring around the finger does not mean a ring around the nose. Um, yep. <laughs> but you also have the right to walk away if it's something that is a boundary for you. Um, mm. But not not control them. And so that's usually so focusing on like the difference between rules, agreements, and boundaries. If you just Google that, you'll come up with a lot of good resources for that. Um, well, that's awesome. I also love, you know, and I do want to put out there, triads are hard um, when, you know, when two people are in love with each other. A lot of people don't realize this, but there's three relationships there. And pull out your pen and paper because yep. this gets complicated, but you have AA, bb abc and that means relationship with yourselves and the relationships with each other mm-hmm. when you add one more human being into the mix or puppy um, yeah. <laughs> or magical creature whatever you identify as or capybara or capybara into the mix <laughs> you have now unless you have split personality disorder or maybe not even disorder unless you have a lot of different alter egos that need your time and attention for the most part you've now created seven relationships you have aa a B A C B B B A B C C C A B C and yep. so and all you have unlimited amount of time or sorry you have an unlimited amount of love you can give in this world we can love everyone you can fuck until your body gives up but the thing you will run out of is time and you need to have time for yep. yourself and people that you're going to form an attachment bond with um, you absolutely should be setting a time for that because it's uh, absolutely your nervous system when you form an attachment bond with someone relaxes to a state that you may or may not have felt comfortable as a child. Um, you can dive into PolySecure for the technical de- uh, descriptions of all of this. Yeah. Um, but, you know, take care of that when someone's bonded with you that way because it's uh, – it's a big deal. <laughs> and um, it, it requires maintenance, too. It requires maintenance, and it doesn't happen overnight. For those of you in NRE and you think you've like a, a formed an attachment bond with someone right out of the gate, that's usually just uh, oxytocin. And when that wears off... And yeah, that's called time, infatuation. It, yeah, infatuation is <laughs> important. It still is one of the things that keep love going. But, Absolutely. But... but uh yeah the attachment bonds you know i I think in the book she says anywhere from three months to two years to form an attachment bond so everyone's Mm -hmm. different but it does take time and that's why absolutely hurt so fucking bad when they're broken and actually those ruptures can even change your attachment style from things that when you've developed since you were a kid or like overnight so Mm -hmm. um 
Yeah, I love that they've allowed you in. And you mentioned egalitarian. That's that's great. How are you prepared or how do you handle since it is a new relationship? You know, in my in my marriage, I couldn't even get the dog to like us the same all the time. <laughs> I I can't imagine like three human beings 100% of the time loving each other one third equally all the time. I feel like throughout life, there's going to be ebbs and flows where people might be paired in a little bit closer bonds or three of you or someone might oh, yeah. be a little more autonomous at times. Mm-hmm. And so like, have you guys talked about that? Or are you prepared? for that? Oh, yeah. Yeah, we we actually talk about that a lot. And it's something that all of us have acknowledged. And I think a big part of getting past that is just accepting that that is something that happens. Um, especially since the beginning of the relationship, um, and really since the beginning of the friendship with these wonderful men that I now call my boyfriends, um, I probably for the first few months really only talked to one of them and it wasn't really anything other than just circumstance. Um, we had met on Twitter, he and I, and I knew that he was in a relationship, um, and we just became friends and eventually the three of us started hanging out together. Um, but there were always two of us that were texting a lot. Um, and you know, we definitely formed a bond quicker. Um, and as the relationship has progressed, it's gotten to a point where, you know, we acknowledge that he and I definitely have a very strong bond. I have a very strong bond at this point with, um, between the two of them but you know we acknowledge that we need to figure out ways in which the bond can be strengthened a little bit more equally and we can you know have time that you know me and um i don't want to say me and the other one but (laughs) i hear what you're saying yeah yeah, me me and um Yeah, that that we all have time to spend, not only the three of us together, but also as pairs so that we can form those bonds separately and really strengthen them and feel secure in the relationship and understand, you know, that it is something that, you know, we're all in this for the long haul. And, you know, we all acknowledge that we love each other very much so far, but we love it yeah we know that we need that time we need to Uh, separate every once in a while and just you know have little us time between some of us all right stetson i opened up the mic for you if you want to introduce yourself feel free to uh jump in and ask your question or say what you wanted to say Are you there, Stetson? All right. I will lock that back up. Maybe it's just not a good moment. Um, all right. So all right. to wrap things up, you know, I'm learning Twitter. This is my first time doing the podcast over Twitter. So far, I'm actually liking it. I do miss the face-to-face of Instagram, but we have more listeners on Twitter so far. Um, I will be posting the podcast. You can find Digging for Bones on Spotify and on Twitter. And I'm finding out it's actually been published to a couple other ones out there. Um, but I also want to take a moment and thank one. So Clona Willie, I was running for an Oregon leather title 
last week and the competition got canceled like five days before the event. It was really tragic. Um, but Clona Willie actually donated one of their, uh, you know, basically make a dildo out of yourself. Um, I, I think that art, your, your part is art is their slogan. Um, and I'm <laughs> raffling that. that <laughs> I'm raffling that off this week. And so if anybody wants to go onto my Instagram and watch the video that says giveaway, you can see what you need to do to be entered into the contest. And then, yeah, I will mail the winner, um, the kit, it vibrates, it's neon purple and it's UV reactive. So, uh, you can win a free, uh, clone yourself kit. Um, and so last, uh, to, to wrap this up, Gucci, if you, is, what would you like to, what do we need to know? Where can we find you? How can we subscribe to you? Where can we see you? And if we want to look at you naked and uh, get off to it, how do we do that? <laughs> you can find me, well, first of all, you can find me here on Twitter. Uh, my display name is House of Bucci. The uh, handle is Stanley underscore Bucci like Stanley Tucci. Um, <laughs> uh, my OnlyFans is also House of Bucci, um, I believe. Oh, God, let me double check that. It's been a minute since I actually checked my handle for... It is. My uh, OnlyFans is at House of Bucci, all one word. Um, thank you so much for having me on this space. This was wonderful. All right, Stetson, send me an emoji real quick if you are ready to speak. I see that you requested again. Blink twice <laughs> if you want to speak. Yes, he is ready. I'm going to add him as a speaker. Or actually, I don't know your pronouns, so excuse me if I assumed. All right, you have the mic. There. Can you hear me now? <laughs> I can hear you. Yeah. There we go. Finally, we got connection. Okay. Um, Thank you so much for uh, bringing me up on stage. Appreciate it. Um, is this? I'm. I'm assuming I can ans- ask a question of the guest. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Go right ahead. Okay. Um, interesting. Okay, so I know you were saying that time um, is a finite thing, and that um, working on shared resources is, you know, definitely important. Um, but what is, you know, if, if you had to say um, that there was one thing that you kind of learned, like an aha moment about um, how to get creative with time when it comes to, you know, investing in those relationships, what would that be? Ooh, that's good. Um, I think for me, it's just acknowledging how much time we have and how we really want to use it to maximize building the relationship in the way that we want it to be. If that makes sense. I can maybe answer to that to if, yeah. if you're okay with it sets in. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just from my experience, even though my marriage did fall apart, we, we did balance out a couple times running throuples and whatnot. Um, it, it goes back to that A, B, B, A, A, B, C kind of thing is you need your time together. You need your time by yourself and you need your time in your pairs and all of that needs to be respected. Mm-hmm. And so, um, someone said once that the poly, cause they've been trying to change the poly flag. And I heard this joke that was like, they should just put a calendar on a flag because we all have a calendar kink. <laughs> is really, a, a scheduling kink is really what polyamory is. Yeah. And, <laughs> <True>. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and so it really like it 
like open up your calendar like that that really yeah. is how just like you manage time with anything else um it's not easy and oh, yeah. you need to you're an adult with a busy schedule and probably a job and probably friends and maybe pets and family and yourself and lots of people require your time and when you add another person into your relationship it, it does get more complicated if it's, mm-hmm. you're trying to form an attachment bond with them yeah. and so schedule it i know it sounds it sounds a little clinical and it's gonna feel weird because you're used to like just going home and sitting <laughs> on the couch and like all of that stuff playing organically but really, after after a couple of weeks and a couple of months of doing that, it doesn't feel weird anymore, um, mm-hmm. and and you'll you'll get better at it. And actually, if you do that for a while, I haven't gotten to this point. I do think from hearing from other folks, um, there comes a day where they don't really need their calendar anymore because they just it becomes second nature and how they're yeah. doing it. But yeah, you know, you using that calendar over time. Yeah, using that calendar at first is definitely going to help with that. And it, it it's not weird to plan date nights with your partner. And having a shared calendar is great, too, because if you're like, oh, I want to go to the movie with A on Wednesday night, you can open up your calendar. And before you even have to have the awkward rejection, you can see that A and C have a date that night already. And um, and you're respecting their autonomy and like things like that. So I hope that answers your question. Yeah. And I I second that too, uh, to piggyback off of that. I mean, they, so my boyfriends live together. They have been together for a long time. Um, I don't, I live on my own. I have my own place. Um, So (laughs) just looking at our social calendars and times that we have blank and sort of like blocking those off, like, Hey, like next week, I know you have, you know, they're very into, um, they're very into D and D and that can be, you know, that can pick up a lot of evenings for them (laughs) because they're, you know, they do multiple campaigns and they, you know, they have a lot of friends. They have a very thriving social calendar. And I'm like, all right, what days don't you have that? Where can I fit into that? Maybe, (laughs) or, you know, where can, you know, one of us go out onto a date nights, the three of us do schedule date nights together. um, And it is a wonderful little thing, but you know, even just on top of that, like I have this free time, like, can we just do something or at least like spend some time just on the couch together and stuff like that? We're all, you know, super busy and uh, they have a gigantic like white in their kitchen and they put all of their, you know, social events that they have on there so that we can all just kind of look at it together and be like, hey, next week actually looks pretty good to do, you know, X, Y and Z. Like, why don't we do that then? I'm going to come up with a new term. So uh, I need to tagline this. First of all, I've always, I've been trying to make fetch happen and <laughs> call it polyamory with a P-A-W for the pup world. So uh, I will have t-shirts <laughs> soon. Um, but the next one I'm going to say, when you're trying to schedule with your partners, we'll we'll just call that spitting on it because you're trying to squeeze, squeeze it into a busy oh my God. social life. <laughs> yeah, give spit. it a little extra <laughs> spit. It'll fit. <laughs> spit on the calendar. Um <laughs> Yeah, uh, I love well, the idea of a shared calendar, actually, and I'm not going to lie, I have thought of that before. Yeah, it's not weird. It, uh, it's know, really not. Everybody, it's kind of great. Everybody's, everybody's different. You're going to bump into the people. You know, this is polyamory. You'll ask 10 different polyamorous people what poly means to them, and I promise you, you'll get mm-hmm. nine and a half different answers. Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Organization and helps, though, I will say. <laughs> it does. It does. It absolutely does. And now here's the caveat to all of that. 
uh, in the polyamorous handbag, uh, this is not, you know, I'm, I'm not a researcher, so I'm just pulling this out of my butt, but I'm pretty sure a lot of us like D&D, and I'm pretty sure a lot of us are neurodivergent. And so another key tip is if you're going to start a throuple or a quad or whatever your big group relationship is, find someone in there who's not neurodivergent that can keep track of the calendar and remind everybody to take their meds. <laughs> we do. We have one of those. And God bless them. All right, friends. Well, thank you. This episode, you know, how's uh, Gucci, Gucci, Eric, it's been great talking to you. I really appreciate you coming on. Well, thank um, you. I, I will come I back will... anytime. This has been wonderful. I love this. Yeah, I, I actually am thinking about getting people back on um, second times around down, down the road. The next big project I'm working on is interviewing pups from different parts of the world. And I want to hear about pup culture and how different it is in each city because I'm already noticing some of it. And then maybe Avengers style have a team up podcast down the road where I get them all together and they can like talk to each other about how things are different. So that's kind of the next project I'm working on. Um, As a person yeah, who works I, in marketing, please call it pups around the planet. Please call it pups around. Oh the planet. yes, <laughs> love it, love it, love it. Planet love it. pups, planet there pups. There we go. Or pets. <laughs> But I am a pup, so I know my own identity. I don't know what it's like to be a cat, and I know cats get on my nerves sometimes. But I love all of you cat people, but you're, you're per- the persona that you identify with sometimes. I'm a Gemini, and I'm a hyper puppy. So um, <laughs> I, might, I might enjoy being sat on by a capybara, though. Just going to throw that out there. Yeah. Um, you never know until you try. I always right? say I'll try anything twice. All right, friends. I'm going to end this. Thank you so much, and have a wonderful, wonderful evening. You too.